coming up on this episode of Up for Debate. It's Star Wars Day, which means we naturally have to talk about Star Wars. Now you may be saying, Sean, we've done this show before. No, we're talking Rogue One. We're talking Last Jedi. We're talking about the greatest film franchise ever made. It's Star Wars Day, and it's coming up now on an all-new Up for Debate. This is Up for Debate, episode number 80, recorded May 4th, 2017. May the 4th be with you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate. I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by our favorite Jedi. I don't know, Matt. Are you are you, are you you with the Rebels, or are you with... Are you Sean, on the dark I, side? The light side or the I, dark side? I'm definitely an Ewok at best, Sean. <laughs> Actually, let's Matt, face it. I know you're joking, but yeah. that's kind of true, actually. Come on, that's... I, I, I was I wasn't really joking. That was that was a pretty serious statement right there. I, th- I think it's a compliment. Um, yeah, the you know what the Ewoks win in the end. So. People, people like the Ewoks; they're funny. Yeah. Um, how was my favorite Naboo starfighter pilot doing it, today? Is, is that the character I? What character would I be? Sure. You know what? You would probably you'd probably be the the bartender. At the Moss Eisley Cantina, no, stop I'm pretty that. sure is a, is a droid. I think I could I could tell you'd probably be like a like a pretty good like, or you would be one of those like one of those like star like the stormtroopers that weren't in costume that like just hit the buttons. You'd be one of those <laughs> the, guys. The, the people who sit at the desks and you know yeah. just yeah yeah like the, with, the, like with the those clar- doofy looking helmets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Just like I don't know what's going on i just work here i'm you know i just i kind of just cash my paycheck my job and, and you, to- you always wonder like what's their home life like they just like work yeah. there they're eight to five yeah it's their eight to five and they commute back to dantooine or wherever it is they live yeah see their families yeah i bet you get a pretty good pension uh working for the empire I'm at least sure, you used to i'm sure the death benefits are really good yeah um now matt let, let me ask you what would be the most insulting character to be compared to? If someone said, Jabba, "Oh, you're really?" I would say C-3PO. No, why would that be the He's the C-3PO? most annoying character. He's very annoying, but at least he is well-versed in over 20 million forms of communication. He's That's a, not he's right. an annoying nerd. No, come on. At least Jabba gets the ladies, not by choice, but <laughs> you know, you take what you can get when you're a, a slug. He's big and fat, though, and really greasy. Yeah, I think but that's easily he, he's large and in charge. Okay. I don't know. Maybe, so, maybe he's not the best character to defend. Oh, you know what? Maybe that uh, that little monkey guy that hangs out with Lando Calrissian in... When yeah. Flying it oh, to... actually, you know what? We're doing this all wrong. It's Jar Jar Banks. He's not really part of the. <laughs> I, I watched the movies where he's edited out. There's like a. Is there a special edition like, for that? There's, there's like a big hot. Yeah, actually, you can get the. You can watch the. Uh, pretty sure they have it up on YouTube. You can watch it without the Jar Jar. That's yeah, for the best. It's actually a pretty well done edit. Like. He's all the scenes that he's in. They just kind of like have the camera focused on other characters. You don't miss him at all. Um. So, 
May the 4th be with you. This is Star Wars Day. It is. We're talking Star Wars. We are. Uh, now, folks may remember, shit, I should have had the number in front of me. Hang on, let me, let me look it up. For the folks at home, we did a whole episode on Star Wars. Do you remember that, Matt? Um, I do. It was, number, it was up for debate number 35, episode wow. way back, uh, when I watched the series for the first time. Um, we recorded that December 10th, 2015. So go check that out. It's number 35. It's up on our website and on SoundCloud. Um, if you want to hear us do a real deep dive into the uh, original trilogy. Still to this day, Sean, my favorite, um, continuous Twitter thread watching, watching the old trilogy through your eyes, the lens of a fresh star Wars fan. It's very entertaining. It's a lot of fun. And you know what's really interesting? I, I really did enjoy doing that, but just this week, because I kind of like ran out of stuff to watch, and I'm like, oh, I should, you know, I want to rewatch Star Wars because everyone's getting all excited. I saw, I saw Rogue One, and I saw us rewatch the originals. And yeah, it turns out it's a little better when you're not tweeting throughout, stopping and pausing it and tweeting throughout the whole thing. You actually like enjoy it as a single long movie you also by the way notice a lot more of those wacky george lucas wipes and cuts that he uses between the scenes yeah where like it yes yeah, transitions yeah. yeah he really boy does he love those <laughs> and by the way go go watch the um the prequels he like goes crazy with those way hmm. more than he ever did in the originals it's like I, it's zany how many he uses yeah i guess i never i never watched for those but I mean, he was kind of an innovator with that kind of kind of thing. Well, that's to me m- probably my favorite thing about Star Wars is the visual and audio style it created, yeah, which is extremely unique, still unique to this day, and just everything about it. Especially, by the way, the sound of Star Wars is insane. The effect sounds and the character sounds and the even the, the ship sounds, everything you hear is so awesome. Plus you add in those visuals of those beautiful, and I mentioned this when we did the original trilogy episode, those landscape shots with the little characters off in the distance and you see these giant landscape shots are some of my favorite. Like if I could get like a print version to hang up on my wall of those, some of those are just gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. Um, it really is a very unique movie in that way. Yeah, he took a lot of inspiration from a bunch of different places. Akira Kurosawa, um, and old uh, Japanese-style films. He got a lot of inspiration from spaghetti westerns, especially for the scenery and things like that. Um, and then for the prequels, he just decided to use computers and well, green screens. And that's, that's what's amazing is because, of course... The only copies of the the original trilogy you can buy these days are the special editions with all the CGI thrown in. That has to be some of the worst CGI. Like, I know we're spoiled today because the technology has come leaps and bounds farther. But, oh, my God, it looks so... <laughs> like, Toy Story looked better. Like, it's just... Yeah. Like, if it were really good CGI and, you, you know, like, today's CGI, it wouldn't... I don't think it would be as bad, but it's jarring how bad the CGI... And, honestly, it's worse than it is in the prequels because prequels it's not like spectacular but it's not terrible um but god in those it's just rough stuff jeez yeah uh 
I, I feel like in a lot of the scenes he decided to make, he decided to make things like busier. Like he put a lot more people walking around and aliens all over the place and kind of crowds the screen with, with a bunch of crap basically. I don't think that was the best move for, uh, well, for redoing. And and also you got like, he takes old scenes and he redoes them, but they're a lot worse. Like the, uh, the pit monster and the carcoon. I don't know why it has a beak now, but then whenever it tries to eat people, like instead of the people just falling into the pit, they are getting eaten by this beak monster. But if you look in the movie, it looks really stupid because they crawl up and then basically just disappear right when they get to the beak. And mm-hmm. like they're like very obviously edited out. Um, well, and, and I some of that I get right where, you know, when you go and you listen to the commentary of Lucas talking and, you know, they made the, the movie on a small budget in a very limited amount of time and they ran into issues because they were doing things no one had ever done before. And yeah, he wishes they could have had more extras and they wishes they could have had more effects. And I get that. I totally understand. That happens to a lot of movies. Hey, I get it. That doesn't make it okay for you to go and add... The, you just have to accept the fact that's the case. And by the way, I agree. Watch Force Awakens. Watch Rogue One. There's some really good busy scenes with people walking in front of the cameras and busy crowds. And like if you if you shoot the scene with it intending to be that way, then it's mm. not that bad, right? But when you just kind of add them in and the actors aren't responding to them because they weren't there originally and this camera isn't moving in a way where it makes sense because they weren't there originally, that's where it gets really weird. That's where it doesn't make... It, it, again, you know, I get, a good example is the scene with Jabba and Han in uh, A New Hope, right? That would CGI Jabba the Hutt. A scene, by the way, that was cut from the original film because it was just, he didn't, they didn't have time to go back and do the character in time for the film's release. So that was, that was a deleted scene that was added in for the special editions. Because it was shot with the intention of adding Jabba there, yeah, Jabba's kind of ugly in CGI, but it, it, it the scene works. It makes sense because he's talking to a character who's there and I get that. But some of these others, it just, ugh, it's just all the shits flying around, and it's just not, just <laughs> anyway. I know everyone always complains about the special editions, and just too much, too much stuff going on. It's and and just, you can see where he. I mean, that was right before the prequels, right, or right around the same time as the prequels. Yeah, right around the same time as well, episode and, one. And what what Lucas claimed was that he used the special editions to test the CGI to see if it was quote unquote good enough to do his vision for what the prequels could be. Should have told him it's not good enough and you shouldn't do it. Yeah. But it didn't. So let's talk post-Lucas Star Wars. Let's yeah. talk um, Let's talk Force Awakens. Totally. You saw Force Awakens. I, I've seen it several times since, uh, since it's released. now you have also seen Rogue One. Uh, yes. So let's talk, like maybe compare and contrast. Two, two different movies, very different movies. But um, yeah, let's 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 line them up side by side. Sure. What what do you think? What do you think the movies got well? What do you think they got well that surprised you? Maybe. So I'm going to start with Rogue One because I had really fundamental issues with Rogue One. Um, I don't know how you felt about the film, but you know, okay. for me, 
A good comparison I like to use is, to me, it's the Ant-Man of Star Wars movies. Okay. Let's see if you can figure out what that means. By that, okay. I, by that I mean, it felt like a Star Wars movie, it looked like a Star Wars movie, but was it really a Star Wars movie? I mean, it felt... It, actually, it says it right in the title, Sean. A it Star Wars story. Star Wars story. Yeah, I know, but I was watching it and I'm like, you know, again, it looks like a Star Wars movie and the sound... A, to me, that 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 including that line in the title kind of... Is, is a little bit of an omission of guilt, I feel like, from the creators. I, I feel like it – they're like, oh, see? It's a Star Wars story. Don't worry. We promise. And was it a Star Wars story? I say yeah. It was a Star Wars story. It was a story definitely told in the Star Wars universe. Did it have to be told? No. We, we could have lived without knowing how the Death Star plans arrived. At the Death Star, what is it? Was it a fun, action-packed jaunt? Yeah, totally. I thought it was a pretty fun movie. Um, I really liked that it showed the. It, it told a very human story, and it told a, a story that was very black and or, or a very gray and not very black and white. It told. I think it's there was a lot of shades of gray. You know, like heroes on both sides kind of thing, which it actually says in one of the title crawls, but you never really see that. It it says heroes – I think it's on like episode one or episode two. It says heroes on both – or no, it's episode three I think because the Clone Wars have happened. But he says heroes on both sides, but pretty much no because everybody's like – everybody that's bad is bad and everybody that's good is good. Rogue One I think really kind of towed that line and was like – Look, these guys aren't really all that shitty. They're they they might be part of the empire, but they're doing like they're doing stuff for their own people, they're doing stuff for their own families, you know. At the end of the day, that's who they're fighting for. And there's some shitty rebels too that are like, "Wow, this person's basically a terrorist and they're just in it for blowing shit up. They're not they don't really care about the cause." So, I liked it. I I think overall it was it was pretty good. Matt, I, I don't care if they're heroes in a half shell, all right? It's, I, I, have, a, I have a very simple question for you that, will, that proves my point right away. You ready for this? Okay. Name me a single character in Rogue One who does not appear in another Star Wars movie. Give me just their name. Just any character's name from that movie who, does not, who, who is not Darth Vader or talking to or anyone else who appears in another Star Wars film. What do you mean? A just, lot just, of them. Just name a character. Just name a character from that oh, movie. You mean a name? Yeah, the character's name. Girl, the girl who's part of the rebellion. Sure, and she doesn't. She's God, just. She doesn't have a name. Forgot all the names. I don't remember. I'm oh, not but that's good. my point. Those characters are so useless. <laughs> like honestly, the again. Guy, a spoiler alert. But well, well, first of all, you. I was thrilled when they all died at the end. I was thrilled. <laughs> I was like, that was the best part of the movie for me because I'm like, if I they totally push the envelope like think about it this is a disney movie sean and this that was the disney part i liked that's what i'm all, saying disney movie and all the characters at the end and like get they get wiped out like and when the, the wiped out when the good looking guy character it, when they're climbing the data vault and he falls and you think he dies but then he comes back and shoots the guy mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about um yeah. i literally was like i was oh, angry i screamed at the tv <laughs> you can't do that like just yeah. kill him already, and then thankfully they did, um, because I really did want them to die. 
Um, Best character of all was that droid. That who, sarcastic Whose, whose name was? It was voiced by Alan Tudyk. Yes. And, he, and actually, I agree with you. He was really... But what does that say about the human actors in that movie? <laughs> Think about that. Um, the Japanese guy was pretty cool. Karate fighting guy who used the Force, but he wasn't a Jedi or something like that. Oh, my God. Matt, again, Ant-Man. Very enjoyable movie. Go ahead, list your top 10 Marvel movies. Ant-Man ain't going to be there. That's my point. <laughs> Is it's, a, it's a good okay. movie. It's an enjoyable movie. It sure. fits with the canon. But like, it's not very memorable, and you're I, not going to get up I mean, excited. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get many people above the age of 25 that are going to tell you Rogue One is their favorite Star Wars movie. It's just not going to happen. Like, well, but I just, I uh, you know, obviously a lot of the other Star like the, I can think of a lot of other Star Wars movies, including maybe even the Clone Wars movie that came, the animated one that was better than Rogue One. But there's just it, it was just a good movie. Every I thought it was a good movie. The original trilogy and the prequels told a story, right? And mm-hmm. told a, a story of these characters over these six movies, right? Rogue One didn't really do that. It was a side story, right? And that was kind of the point, right? Is it's a spin-off, it's a side story. The problem mm-hmm. is that side story was not very interesting. That's the problem I had. It's not it, it was not, the, you know, it, when you go and watch the original movies, you see these very interesting characters that you fall in love with. You see them change and evolve as time goes on. You see them them grow and change and become friends, become enemies and all this stuff. And you watch Rogue One and it's like they're just, it felt to me like they were just going through the motions. Like, all right, now we have to go find a Forrest Whitaker. Okay, and now we have to go find the beach planet. And now we've got to go do the satellite dish. And it was like... By the end of it, it I'm like, the action was great, but the people were just like, why? I don't care. Now, see, I think you're missing the point. I think the point of this movie was really just just fun. Like, it was, was, I mean, when you're watching the movie, you know how it's going to end. Maybe you don't know exactly how it's going to end, but you kind of have to believe that you know how it's going to end. Because none of these characters show up in A New Hope, and yet the plans are there. So you know they succeed in their mission Somehow, but they, you know, you're in all likelihood they're going to die because they're not they're not in a new hope. I think it's just the point. I think getting from A to B is the, is the point. Like it's all about the journey in this movie, and and not really so much about character development or all those things. Well, I think it's just a fun fun but tale. Then why, but then why are they using the dead dad thing and that my dad is evil? No, he's not. Thing and the that's. That's to weigh on your, you know, your your morality scale, your morality radar. That's the whole. I don't know. That's the whole point. Is like, this is the first Star Wars I think that, I mean, with the exception of of um, Force Awakens, which we got Kylo Ren as a as a character was a definitely a breath of fresh air, um, because he's so morally ambiguous, like. There's so many morally ambiguous characters in this movie, and I, I just like to see that. I like to see that in a Star Wars movie, especially where things, you know, traditionally have been so black and white. And I I agree. It's nice to have some middle ground. I agree wholeheartedly with you. And this is where you're talking about comparing and contrasting Force Awakens and Rogue One, right? Yeah. Is to me, Rogue One was a movie about the characters. Or uh, no, I'm sorry. Force Awakens was a movie about characters, where it really took the time to explain Finn's backstory, why he feels the way he feels, Ray the exact same way, 
Kylo Ren, I felt they could have done a little bit more of that, but they did a good enough job. And by the end of that movie, you really, you understand their motivations and you understand their feelings and you root for these characters or, 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 or root against them when they're doing bad things, right? They spend the whole movie doing that. It's not about where they are or what they're doing. It's about the people. When I watch Rogue One, you're right. It's about the journey. It's not about the people. And that's okay. Movies about journeys are good. There's no shame in that. That's how you make a good franchise, frankly, is you can swap the characters in and out and it's about the journey. But it's not about the characters. It's not... Rogue One is not about the characters for me. It just wasn't. They were there. They did things. But it was all about the, okay, we've done this. Now we have to do that. Okay, we've done that. We've got to do the next thing. Okay, we've got... And then it was just all to the end. But see, I, I don't think it ever was supposed to be about the characters. I think and that that's okay. The viewer, I mean, you as the viewer might have gone in with that expectation that well, you know I, I want to see a, a Star Wars movie. I, I like you know I usually like the characters. Well, I usually the other seven I, movies was, were that. I mean, yeah, that's really what it was. This so was it was a departure. This was them. I think this was the yeah, it was a departure. This was them trying something new and different, which I absolutely encourage, especially coming after a movie that was so much as good as it was so much more of the same to the point where I could, I would say the force awakens was almost a carbon copy of a new hope. Oh, like, sure. and that's really, really no secret. Yep. I, I like, I really liked rogue one was, was just so new compared to like directly compared to force awakens. Like, Try not to compare it to any of the original movies because it's not like any of them or the prequels. It's not like any of the prequels either. It's a standalone movie, which is brand new for Star Wars. I mean, it's so different that they didn't even have a title crawl in the beginning. Like, total departure from Star Wars tradition. Um, but, I, I mean, their their plan is, and this is Disney that we're talking about here, so they've got a master plan. Their master plan is, is to make a is, lot of money. Is to make a lot of money. And, you know, they're going to probably, I mean, definitely have video games about this already. They're going to probably have more comic books and have all toys sorts of- and other things, you know, all, all over the place. Um, so when you look at the market revenue and you look at what Disney's master plan is, they want, I believe, every year. Like not a year is going to go by until like 2040 or something without a Star Wars movie being released. Oh, sure. That means you're going to tap into the expanded universe. You're going to tap into the books. You're going to tap into fan fiction maybe. You're going to have all kinds of stories that are set in you know places that Star Wars has never gone before featuring characters they've never used before. Probably a lot of which are brand new or invented. They've got a lot of stories to tell, I guess is what my point is. And this is the first of many. So this is this is kind of the new direction that's, that Star Wars is going to be going in. Well, and I think that's good. And I and I don't have a problem with that. And I think the Star Wars universe is one of the few universe movie universes I'm actually excited to see all the parts of. You know, everybody, you know, Hasbro has their own cinematic universe. Like, I, I don't care about that. Star Wars... <laughs> But to me, what makes Star Wars what it, what makes a good Star Wars movie, right? Like what what about it causes people to like it? And for me, it's two things, right? One, it's the audio, it's the visual and audible style and experience of a Star Wars movie, which is very unique. 
especially, by the way, in the original trilogy, which was groundbreaking for the time, and it's just really incredible, and they've continued it with Force Awakens, and they continued it with Rogue One, and that's one of the things I really liked about Rogue One, was that piece. The other thing I would say that sets Star Wars apart is it's just really good at storytelling. It's just a good storytelling franchise in the way historically it's been written, and you know you can have your problems with the, the prequels and some of these things, but... They, they, you know, you have to remember the prequels were originally just a page of backstories for these characters. They expanded into three movies. So take that for what it's worth. But I think they do. I think Force Awakens is a good example. The original trilogy is a good example. It's good at telling stories, taking from old mythologies and turning them into these characters that are enjoyable and approachable. That's one of the things that makes me really excited about the Han Solo prequel that's coming in two years. Um, I think that's got a great opportunity to be really, you know, kind of adventure, swashbuckling, fun movie. Um, with with these great characters, for me, I think Rogue One just fell a little short of that side of it. I again, and I don't want anyone to get me wrong. I enjoyed Rogue One. I did. I enjoyed it. All right. I felt though, if we could have just spent a little more time with either, I don't know if it's fewer characters or changing the focus on the characters, or just generally getting to know these. I mean, we. We jumped around with backstory so quickly. It just just the, the story part, and of course, you go back to remembering all the reshoots they did for the movie. And um, originally, Force Whitaker had a lot more to do with it in, in the movie. That is Force Whitaker, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, um, he had a much bigger role, tell. and it got cut down a lot. Um, so clearly, the story was an issue with this movie. So I'm going to give him a bit of a pass, but that's what makes me so excited about Last Jedi is if they keep the story going from Force Awakens and can, and can continue to change and evolve these characters, especially characters like Kylo Ren, who's really interesting, and Ray and Finn and all of this, I'm very optimistic about yeah. future Star Wars movies. To me, Rogue One, a bit of a miss, but it was also their first attempt to do something like this. It was a good movie, not a great movie. And and I think, I think they're going to continue to do well. Yeah. I mean, number one on my wish list for The Last Jedi, just make it more unique. Like, stop borrowing from old material. Like, I don't I don't want to go into the movies. Like, I don't want to – like, I'm fine if they take some influences, but I don't want to go into that theater and feel like I'm watching Empire, like a remastered version of Empire Strikes Back. Like, sure. Because that's what I really felt like when I was watching um, – Force Awakens. It really just felt like a, a rehashed New Hope. Um, so I'm really hoping that they just make it a, like just something completely different. Borrow some source material where you need to, but please don't just remake the movie because mm-hmm. um, that wasn't cool the first time. No, it wasn't yeah. that bad. Uh, it was a. I don't know. No, look, hang on. Did you see the part where they went into the Death Star, but it was like a giant Death Star. And even Han Solo was like, look, we kind of did this before, didn't we, guys? How do we blow it up? Like, where there's got to be a little secret secret button somewhere. They even go in, they, they dump the phasma and the trash compactor. Like, no, I don't know. I, it was just way too much borrowing. But you also like, have to remember, I, I want to give Abram some credit. Look, this was the most hyped return of the biggest movie franchise on the face of the planet. And you want to play it safe and you don't want to take big crazy. That's what excites me about last Jedi. That's the movie you take the crazy risk on. You've got more leeway and credibility with fans now than you've ever had. You were riding high. Go nuts. Now's the time to do it. 
Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I totally don't fault Abrams in any way because I, I, I think he did play it safe. And I think that's what you have to do when you're introducing, a, you know, this kind of a movie. But now that the hype is up, like, I mean, like the hype has been has been satiated. The Star Wars fans are back and people are ready. Like, do something different. This has got to be a, this has got to be like it's you got to make it your own thing now. Like, I don't know. Um, but the standalone movies, I think getting back to the standalone movies gives directors a fan and, and writers in general, just a fantastic chance to bring back the expanded universe, which actually even, even George Lucas kind of discredited or disowned. Like he was like, I don't know if you remember, but. Around the time he sold the franchise to Disney, he said, like, all of the expanded universe, with the exception of, I don't know, I think it was, like, any of the clone stories or something. Like, there was some some specific brand, Rebels, maybe, uh, was not canon, was made uncanon. So, like, I'm looking forward to, like, I, and I think that was a, a strategic ploy to... Um, to do that because now you can take all those stories and you can pluck like hand pick them one by one and reintroduce them as canon in future movies. I think that's a that's a great move. Um and I'm looking forward to that. Well and and you to me you just made an interesting point and that's you know and I know this is a little off topic uh and I talk a lot about Marvel just cuz I'm a fan but you know one of the things they do really well is they give writers and directors a lot of flexibility in what they... There's a reason why Guardians of the Galaxy looks and feels so different from Captain America. And that's because, and that's why you see the, the trailers for uh, Thor Ragnarok, which looks way different from all the other Thor movies. The reason for that is because they've given different writers and directors the freedom to make those movies what they want. The biggest problem I have with DC is Zack Snyder gets in there and makes all the movies look the same. They all, you could you could be you could have never seen you could pull any scene from any DC movie and you're like that's a DC movie because they all look exactly the same and it but which yes. by the way it's not a good look and I don't like it so that's why I don't like any of them that's the problem there's no variety or interest why would I go see one movie when I've already seen the others that's what excites me about Star Wars and frankly one of the reasons why Empire Strikes Back is so different from A New Hope is because they had different writers and directors and different people working on it. So if Star Wars wants to take and give creative people the ability to make unique movies in the Star Wars universe, I am getting, this is what I like about the, the Clone Wars animated series. Mm-hmm. is be, Because you're telling the same types of stories, but in a medium where you do different things, and, and it creates a different feeling when you're watching it. So if, if they're going to do that, I'm gangbusters. I'm all for it. Yeah. Uh, I think we can agree that Star Wars has a pretty exciting future ahead. I just want to plug one um, form of Star Wars media that um, I think really deserves a shout out. Um, So I'm a subscriber to uh, Kindle. The Kindle – not Kindle. I am a subscriber to Kindle, but whatever. I am also a subscriber to Audible. And Audible is a great app for those of you who um, don't have it. You should check it out. Uh, for those of you who do have it, I'm sure you know what I mean. Um, Audible um, 
lets you, you know, listen, obviously listen to books wherever you want in your car at home. Um, the star Wars audible books, the star Wars, star Wars audio books in general are so far the best audio books that I have read. Like no lie. Um, the just the the quality of work that's put into the Star Wars audiobooks is I think unsurpassed. So um if you're looking for your next audiobook to read on Audible, make sure you go ahead and listen to um a Star Wars book. And I have a recommendation. I really liked it's called it's just called Kenobi. It's by um it's by the Star Wars author John Jackson Miller. Um, and pretty much anything this guy does is great. I've read two books where I've listened to two books by him so far, and they're both great. Um, I listened to Kenobi and I listened to one of his Rebel series books. Uh, I highly recommend it. They, they do a great job with these Audible books. They do. They, uh, they, go, they really go above and beyond different voice actors, different uh, sound effects. Um, just, you know, uh, narration is top notch. I, I highly recommend them. So check out Star Wars, any, any Star Wars book that you can find in, in the in audio format is definitely well worth your time. So good. No, Audible's the best. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big, uh, big fan of all, I wish I had more time to listen to it, but I don't, um, all right, Matt. What else? What anything else about Star Wars while we're <laughs> chatting while about we're it? By the way, I, I'll remind everybody if you're watching live, um, you can you can call in. You know, we have the phone number. I forgot to mention at the top of the show. If you're watching live, you have a thought about Star Wars, you can call in, chat with us, tell us we're horribly wrong or terribly right. Five zero eight six four four eight three two four is the number. It's there on the bottom of the screen. Again, call in live to the show. You'll chat with Matt and I. Five zero eight six four four eight three two four. I want to uh, know. Or if comment you on thought, Facebook. Yeah. Tell us if you thought that Han shot first. Who shot first? Was it Han? <laughs> was it Greedo? Why, Lucas? So what do you why? Think? That's such a stupid fucking thing to change. <laughs> Just let it go, man. Oh, jeez. I know. He, he ruined so many people's like, oh, lives. That oh, one. It's just dumb. It's just dumb. I'm sorry. Just, that's just like, what does that really do for anybody except make people annoyed? Like, does that really change his character all that much? Yeah, I, I don't know. I I read somewhere, and I don't I don't know if this is true, but I read somewhere that he only did that so he could spark for the controversy. Like he knew it was going to spark controversy with the fans, and it did. So I don't. I I, I it's a good guess that that doesn't strike me as very Lucas-esque. That's really kind of like more of a stereotype of Star Wars fans. Like you think people really out there arguing whether Han or Greedo shot first? Or is that just like something? That, no, I think it's I think the, the problem is, Matt, there's an answer. It's not a hard question. There's an answer. Go watch the original movie. Like, I don't... Well, see, in the original movie, Han shot, like, that, shot first. That's what I'm saying. But, Han shot first. That's that's my point. Yeah. Is it doesn't? There's no debate. It's a fact. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't be a debate, but people out there but, uh, but like they, they want to debate it. My assumption would be it goes back to Lucas's 
and this this was one of the things that killed the prequels was he made them for for kids more than adults, right? And I think that goes back to why Han, if if the movie's for kids, you want Han's the good guy, and the good guy doesn't shoot people. Um, and so, you know, that's right. He only shoots people in self defense. Right, exactly. Blasting people, but Greedo was reaching for his blaster, so it could have. I think it was just kind of. I think it was meant to be like an okay corral moment. Like he's like a showdown, and Han is the quick trigger. So you want your hero to be the quick trigger. So I don't know. Just I would dumb. say that Han shot first, but although can we? I really liked the part in Empire. Or no, what was it? I like the part in. Uh... Oh no! Wait, that was Indiana Jones. Never mind. <laughs> no, that was Air- you're thinking of Air Force One. The part where the guy is flipping the sword around and then Han Solo just shoots him. It's yeah. actually and he tells the terrorist, "Get off my plane." <laughs> um, no, I, what I was going to say is, uh, can we just talk for just a split second about just the terrible masks that the characters wear in the cantina? Including the the devil and the werewolf who just are there oh, for yeah. some reason. I was yep. just rewatching that, and I'm, and by the way, fun fact: the reason those actually are just random masks that they grabbed out of the special effects shop that have nothing to do with Star Wars. They just needed more people in the scene. They needed, and it more is a werewolf, and it is the devil. <laughs> if you actually look up those creatures, though, on like the Star Wars Expanded Universe, they give them names and of course. backstories, which is pretty cool. That's the best part about writing a movie, is just let everyone create backstories for all your characters and you don't have to. It's great. It's, it's, it's the best. Yeah. 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 Um, but Star Wars has a pretty exciting future. Can't wait to see where it goes. Um definitely will be around for a while i don't think it's going anywhere it's printing money as it always does so keeping many people's jobs afloat many uh many tech people that are working on the movie so kids love it kids love it kid tested mother approved as they say um i really i really enjoy by the way to get a little bit more meta here i i enjoy how May 4th has become its own thing. Like, may the 4th be with you. Like, I love how, how, how great that's, like, how much that's taken off. Like, people all over the place seem to be celebrating May 4th, the Star Wars Day. Uh, yeah, you know. It's a cool thing. It's always a good, a good uh, reminder. It is, but you know, they just Star Wars just had their big what is it? Their big conference that they put on in Orlando every year. Convention. Convention thing, and mm. yeah, I kind of have a problem with that. It's like it, it, I, I'm glad that the fans created it, but if you're just going to take and turn it into a big excuse, Amazon had a big sale today on Star Wars merchandise, and of you know, if you're, just, if you're just going to turn it into a thing. You know, it's kind of like Christmas, right? You know, there's there's like the true meaning of Christmas, and then there's like the the capitalist Christmas. I think it's the same principle. Wherever, wherever there's money to be made, you know, businesses are going to latch well, on to that. 
I, and I think they should, frankly. I, I'm not going to get too bothered by that. Um, but you know what, Sean? The true meaning of May 4th is right here in your heart. Right here where your midi-chlorians are located. <laughs> so. What's a midi- Oh, God, that, what a great... What's a midi-chlorian? That was the true tragedy of the prequel. If somebody were to point at it, where the series went wrong, like where did it die? Boom. That one scene where they explain how the Force, it goes from this like metaphysical like presence to science and bullshit. Like it's actually these molecules in your blood. Like, so no, it's magic. Uh-huh. Why? Why did you do that? Uh, like, I, I, I would. I, I mean, I'd love to hear an explanation for it. I, and- it's, it's got to be just that he, he's just got, and that was the problem with the prequels overall. Some things are good being unexplained in a movie. That's what sucks about reality. You learn about all the good and bad things about everything. That's a great thing about movies is you only know about the parts in the movie. Like, let the force be a mystery. Don't don't go breaking it down and being like, well, you know, it appears in the molecules in certain people's blood. Because then it's like, then you open yourself up to all kinds of plot holes. Like, you know, did they test Yoda's blood? Like, did they test? Like, there are some people who can use the force but aren't Jedi. Like that Japanese guy from Rogue One. Did they test his blood? Like, is he actually a Jedi, or is he just somebody who can use the force? Well. How can he use the force if he's not a Jedi? That's a disaster. You know, uh, if if the the Jedi Academy only takes in people that have the midi chlorians in their blood, how do they find them? Like they go out and just test random kids. Like, oh my god, that's yeah. kind of, that's the next prequel, Matt. Where they the, the, sci- <laughs> the scientist who researches midi chlorians? Yeah, they they got way too legalistic with that, and. That was a big problem. I don't know why they couldn't have just... You, this, the whole movie, episode one, works without that scene. You don't need that scene. You can take it out. Yeah, but you... It. Yeah, but to be fair, Matt, if you took out every scene in the prequels that didn't need to be there, um, you wouldn't have much of a movie, so... Yeah, but that that one really doesn't need no, to be No, that one there. was pretty egregious. Yeah. That but, one, you can just skip right over. But, you know... You, uh, that's the thing about you know. I know everyone hates a pre. At some point, you just got to accept them and just say, you know, I I I, I think people who still complain about the pre- it's fun to joke about them, but you know, they are what they are, and you've just got to got to accept them. You know, uh, Matt. Yeah. We have a comment from a fan on Facebook. Wow! Can you I believe it? Love these comments from. And fans. this this is a really good one, actually. Okay. So, and of course, he's pimping his own business, which, okay, we'll let it slide here. But anyway, Steven Giuliano, um, who is, who is a, a person I've known for, for quite many years, um, former, uh, was on House Hunters once. So there's a fun fact Whoa. about Steven. Yes, he was. Um, he is the owner of Extra Magic Trips, which is a vacation planning group special, specializing in Disney vacations. This man knows more about Disneyland than Ooh. anyone on the planet. And I would say if you're out there and you are looking to plan a Disney trip extra magic trip steven is is your guy he's he's the man 
But he said, uh, curious to see what you guys think about the new Star Wars land coming to Walt Disney World and Disneyland as a huge Disney Parks fan. And he pimps the name of the business. Um, Extra Magic Trips. And someone who has never seen a Star Wars movie. Hey, welcome to the club, Steven. Um, I'm impressed with the developments that I've been seeing so far. Sounds like it's going to be a completely immersive experience. Matt, I don't know if you've been following this. Um, What do you think about Star Wars land? Wow. Um, You know, I think think it'll be... I think it would be a good way to introduce young, young potential fans to the franchise. If I had kids, I would bring them to Star Wars Land. Absolutely. Um, I remember it's really funny, and it just kind of goes to show how 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 far Star Wars has come, uh, even in our lifetimes. I remember when I went to Disney World. One of my fondest memories was going to the MGM Studios. There was one Star Wars ride. It was like a flight simulator. Star Tours. So yeah, yeah, Star Tours. Exactly. I'm kudos to you for remembering the name. Um and and that was really it. I mean, back then granted also Star Wars wasn't a Disney property, but like just to think that they're going to build an entire theme park and a major major tourist attraction I think is pretty cool um, especially for getting new new young Star Wars people involved I don't know too much about the park or the experience are there a lot of things for, for like adults like is there a cantina bar for instance I have that's it's a really good question I'm going to also be like a recreated Jabba's Palace I think that'd be a fun adult experience uh, I would really like to drive an AT-AT. I think that would be another really fun adult experience. I think that's totally reasonable. Give me in my AT-AT I could drive around. No. Um, absolutely also, not. Or at the very least, one of those speeder bikes that they drive in, in uh, Endor. That'd be neat. Um, All right. So let's see here. Um. It's building. They're building at least two full-sized walkers. You can't drive them. Whoa. You can't drive them. No, you can't drive them. They're what are they just there. They're just there. <laughs> um, riders will em- also separately. Riders will embark what's being called a secret mission, um, where you actually enter the Millennium Falcon, and you actually get to pilot the ship. Um. Similar to Star Tours and Mission Space, so it's kind of a motion simulator ride, but you'll be involved in the piloting of the sh- of the Millennium Falcon, and and it takes place inside a full sized life size replica of the Millennium Falcon, which will permanently be parked in Star Wars Land. Nice. There's also another attraction that just basically says an epic Star Wars adventure that puts you right in the middle of a climactic battle between the First Order and the Resistance, but they don't say more than that. Um. Let's see. There's also, um, there's also, okay. There's also what? No, I was just going to say, I'm sure that there's more, but go ahead. I wanted to make a quick side gripe. I forgot about that. The first order, they're the Republic. They're the, the galactic, the new galactic Republic. Like I hated that. They called them the first order. It made them sound like, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Were they the first? Was the first order? Who was the first order? In in, I'm not really gonna ask. Because then there's the resistance. Like 
Okay, I think the resistance were actually the rebels, right? Like Leia yes. and Han, all them. Yes. Okay. I, scratch what I just said. Forget it. We'll we'll edit it in post. The res- <laughs> we won't edit no. it in post. No, we never do. The resistance uncut all the time. The resistance was not really like why are they the resistance? They're the ones in power now. They overthrew the emperor. The empire is over. Guess what? They're in charge. Like, if anything, the the what they call the first order should be the resistance because they're the ones that are doing the resisting against the new power, which is actually the new Galactic Republic in the books. Um, I hate. I just. I really like. Kind of. I mean, a very small gripe, but still worth mentioning. And I think a lot of a lot of fans Matt, will share that. Problem. When it comes to Star Wars, there is no gripe too small, no, to have. For sure. Very, I'm sorry I interrupted your uh, description of Star no, Wars land. That was most of it. I mean, they're just starting construction, and uh, yeah. you know, that's it's it's under construction. But it does seem, you know, if you look, I don't know if you've seen the previews have been coming out this week for the new Avatar Land, a much worse movie to make a theme park out of. Um, But it seems to really follow this trend Disney is moving into of the super immersive parks. Because a lot of their parks are like, the rides are really good, but the stuff around the rides is kind of like, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I totally get it. Like, you mean, people want to pay for the experience, so. Yeah, and so now in all the new stuff they're building, they're really pushing towards every single piece of what you're, you should feel like you're in Star Wars when you go to the bathroom. I mean, you you really, it should be very Star Wars-y. And that, to me, is very exciting. And I think that with some strong rides and a really cool land, yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's, uh, I mm-hmm. think it's exciting. I gotta... That's would, the market, isn't it? Yeah. Would you go to Disneyland, Matt? Does that interest no. you? No. Not really. No? <laughs> I mean, if I had kids, yes. I would bring kids there. But as a, as a young adult, I have absolutely no desire to go there on I'm my own. I'm told it's a lot of fun. That's where our next vacation should be, Matt. We should take the show on the road to Disneyland. What do you say? <laughs> okay, wait. Did you say Disneyland or Disney World? Uh, either if, Disney World, I guess. I would be more inclined to go to Disneyland. I've never been to Disneyland. In California. I've been to Disney World, yeah. Right. Disney World I w- I've been to when I was very young. And I would I don't really have much of a desire to go back, I have to be honest. Oh it, come on, just, there's so much has changed since then. But I'm but I'm also not five years old anymore. And it's, they have stuff for they have alcohol. They do. Alcohol is pretty good. But they also have screaming kids everywhere. You know what? We'll like, get you we'll get you hooked up with uh I yeah. Just a bunch of beer and go to the beach and be very content. Steven Giuliano on Facebook says, let's plan a trip. I'll show you two guys around. Uh, uh, you two guys around. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Steven. Extra magic trips. Check them out on Facebook. Um, and if you're looking to plan a trip, he's the guy. No one watches the show who would use that. But, you know, I'll give him the free plug. It's always worth mentioning. I mean, I plugged yeah. I plugged Audible earlier, so I'm yeah, pretty sure we can plug whatever we want. Well, here. What's annoying about Audible Smart. is they do sponsor podcasts, so I don't know why they're not giving us money. Oh, my God. They do. They sponsor, like, all the podcasts I listen to. Except this There's one. no reason they shouldn't sponsor this one. I would totally do plugs for, for Audible every day. I would chill every day, so... I invite them. FYI Audible. I know you're listening. Um, 
but right. yeah, no, actually, those uh, those Star Wars Audible books are great, and you can get them on Audible pretty cheap. What's great about Audible is that they give you one one Stop credit a that. month. They're not paying us for this. <laughs> I'm just practicing. That's just okay. In case. Never know. You can get your first month absolutely free. Just visit audible.com/slash/up-for-debate. Uh, no, we no, not not a, not 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 in our lifetime, sir. Um, <laughs> all right, Matt. Well, we're just about out of time. Yeah, just that about. was a, a great Star Wars follow-up. I'm glad we had the chance to to talk yeah. about it. If uh, you folks out there listening uh, agree with us, disagree with us, have extra thoughts on Star Wars, let us know. You can uh, tweet at us at Up for Debate TV. You can leave a, a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Up for Debate TV. And you can email us, Up for Debate TV at gmail.com. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts. So share them with us. Uh, I guess the best way to close out the episode is to wish everyone a happy May 4th. And May the. I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for you. 4th. B. With you, with you. Uh, All right, that was terrible. A lot more difficult than that it was should have been. But. Weak sauce. Um, yeah. Um, the good news is we will be back with more exciting content here on the program. Uh, you can listen live uh, Thursday nights at a. D- depends, but roughly uh, 6:30 Central, 7:30 Eastern on our Facebook page at facebook.com/slash/upfordebate.tv. Uh, but really, uh, get the get the recorded version because that's a little more consistent. You can get that on our website, upfordebate.tv is the website. Um, you can click uh, all the episodes are there, audio, video, the whole nine yards. You can also click the subscribe button up at the top, and there you will see uh, links to us on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, um, most uh, the RSS feed. We're in most podcast players. The video version on YouTube. Um, and all those places to follow us I listed earlier. Um, anything else, Matt, before we uh, we send them out? Uh, nope. Um, my favorite Star Wars character name of all time, Kid Fisto. Which character is that? Kid Fisto? You don't know who Kid Fisto is? I don't remember. He's the, he's the one, I'm pretty sure, who has all the, the tentacles, I think. He's a Jedi. He's definitely a Jedi. How do I describe Kid Fisto to you? What? Kid, Kit Fisto. He was killed when they did uh, uh, Order sixty six. He was in the prequels. Oh. He has all the tentacles. Okay. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Squid, Squidhead guy. Yeah. He's your favorite. No, he's not well, my the coolest favorite. name. He's my favorite name. That's a great name, isn't it, Kit Fisto? I feel yeah. like he really could, like that's that's such a Star Warsy name. Really, you're not going to go with a, a Boba Fett. Han uh, Solo? No, Kit Fisto. Gotta Luke be with Skywalker? Okay. Luke is too that's that's a that's like a human name. And I that's kind of a problem that I have when I when I listen to the Star Wars books. It kind of takes me out of the immersion. I like to get immersed when I'm listening to my Star Wars books. When I hear a name like John or like there's somebody in the book I'm reading now whose name is is Paul, like these are names that we use right here on Earth, and when we're in the Star Wars universe, I much prefer names like Kit Fisto and, uh, you know, Daz Namorick And did you just make that one up? I that's, did. I made that one up. It, I, I, I believed I, it though. That that really could be. That would not surprise me. Yeah, and Piglo Clutarn and things like that. Did you make that one up too? 
Yeah, I actually did. You're really good at this. I totally <laughs> believe that. I'm like, that sounds like a character. Armic Yamarik. Yes! These are all, yeah, it's not hard to make up these names. We, we, we got to do a challenge where you give a name and, I, and we got to figure out if it's a real Star Wars name or a fake one. Because I feel like you'd be pretty good at that. Odie Mandel. Okay, that's a fake one. That doesn't. That's actually real. No, stop that. that. Come on. No, it's not. I think Odie Mandel was a um. Oh, was Odie. A he was one of the pod racers. Odie Mandel. That, that sounds like a lounge singer from like the 60s. It does. You know, yeah. or, or like a variety show. Odie Mandel and the and the 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 the, the Leslie sisters. I don't know, something like that. Nice um, All right, now you're just naming like characters from kids' TV shows. Oh, no, that's another star. That's the it's... name of the singer. The, the the lady with the like lips that go oh, out. Oh, she's the worst. Yeah, oh, more CGI. That song is terrible. Yep. Oh, why'd you remind me of that? Prequels ever did. Oh, God, she was the worst. All right, Matt, we've really got to wrap it up here, but um, yes, but we want to thank everybody for joining us. Matt and I will be back with more exciting content here on the show. But until then, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>